So as we enter the first year of our participating in the season of creation, I think it's good that we start with trees, our trees. Today we bless and remember what was lost, those beautiful twin live oaks that sheltered us for decades on our front lawn. You know, we've had to lay down a lot of things during these last five months of coronavirus, and those trees, though not a casualty of the virus, but of a fungus, they came down when we too were a bit unsteady. Those two trees were so connected that after the first tree fell, we weren't really sure if it was one tree or two. And so in figuring out our next steps, we called in our nature specialist, Bill Farinas and Professor Frank Gilliam, and they verified that indeed they were two trees that had grown together. Their roots and their support system were so linked that if one fell, the other would not be able to withstand the wind. And we were lucky indeed, blessed that the first tree fell in such a way that it didn't do any harm to the church or to children. And for safety's sake, tree number two had to be taken down as well. Because of their passing, we're lucky because we now become aware of their mutual support between these two trees, bracing each other through hurricanes and floods and, and the burning sun, above ground, buttressing each other, while below these intertwined roots, giving them sure footing to grow tall across the decades. Such a metaphor. It could easily be applied to many of those founding couples who planted those trees. They too were linked for life, growing together, rooted and reinforcing one another. So absolutely, it's with heavy hearts that we say farewell to those faithful friends. You know, when I look at the pictures that are on the front of our bulletins, I know this loss for some of you is almost visceral. Their shade and beauty, their presence, their climbability for our kids, this is all gone. And yet, I think that our grief is actually helpful. It awakens this awareness inside of us of the reciprocity that we share with the natural world. Yes, we trim them. Yet during concerts and Easter egg hunts and cookouts and strolling the grounds, their intertwined branches provided us this sort of amphitheater of ambiance, allowing us to rest into the beauty and the music, her arching canopy, inviting us to just lay down our burdens and just be. You know, when you intentionally spend time with trees, you can't help but develop an affinity with them and for them. They lift our eyes to something higher and further along. Even now, trees invite us to drink in their wisdom and their welcome. They transfuse us with life, literally. Science tells us that of this exchange, this silent exchange between our waste, carbon dioxide, and they give us oxygen. But spiritually, they also transfuse us with life. Look around, your trees, they ask nothing of you 
And yet they offer you this deep companionship. Their silent stance comforts while their steady dignity raises ours. Before poet Joyce Kilmer ventured off and was killed in the battlefields of World War I, he gave us this amazing metaphor of the reciprocal relationship that trees and really almost all of nature freely offers. Perhaps you memorized this going into grade school. I think that I shall never see a poem as lovely as a tree, a tree whose hungry mouth is pressed against the earth's sweet flowing breast, a tree that looks at God all day and lifts her leafy arms to pray, a tree that may in summer wear a nest of robins in her hair, upon whose bosom snow has lain, who intimately lives with rain. Poems are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. And isn't that right? Trees, nature itself, which we are part of, ultimately point to, this, to the generosity to the manifest presence that God is with us all around us here right now. When we allow ourselves to experience our interconnectedness with the natural world, we can't help but be wonderstruck at the diversity and interdependence, the divine imagination, the love that's built right into creation. Holy imagination, imagine it. 22,000 species of moss. There's many reasons that we as a congregation ought to participate in the season of creation. And there's a whole bunch of different aspects that could be emphasized. We could take a prophetic path which focuses on changing our ways so that we don't damage the earth anymore. We could stress the ascetic path which asks us to discern how we should live more simply and lightly on this planet, reducing our use of, of plastics and pesticides and fossil fuels. But for the most part, I want us to emphasize the contemplative path, the path of cultivating intimacy with earth and her creatures, allowing ourselves to fall in love with nature. For I believe that it's in knowing nature, in loving her, that this is our first step in protecting her. As Christians, hopefully heaven-bent toward stewarding the earth well, we're mindful of our biblical creation story, which illustrates God's amazing care in creating all of this. How careful God was, making sure that every aspect was good, and then making us humans in his own likeness, equipping us with memory, reason, and skill to share in that task of tending to this very good ecosystem. The contemplative path of thoughtful interaction, humility, not only honors the creator, but it cultivates in us a sense of gratitude and belonging, essential motivation if we are to steward well our island home. This planet was gifted with amazing resilience, with built-in healing mechanisms. But once polar bears are gone, 
They are gone for good. I guess what I'd ask each of us to do this week is to remember a time and a place when, when we experience this sort of soul connection with Sister Earth, allowing that to be a living witness that guides our steps. For me, my thoughts go to Glendalough in Ireland. While on our Celtic pilgrimage in 2017, Glendalough, a beautiful place, it was set in this glacial valley hollowed in the Wicklow Mountains. And this ancient monastic center is forest and hills in 40 shades of green, plus running creeks and lakes and misty walking paths and ducks and rock caves, birds cry, and all the striking color of flowers that accent the, the chapel ruins and the standing crosses that come from the 6th century. Certainly a place of enchantment. When we arrived, we didn't have any set-up agenda, so it gave us a chance to explore the terrain on our own. Even before our guide, Father Michael, helped us to see anew the next morning, we understood that this green life held lessons for us. Father Michael, he opened the next day with poetry and prayer, our aging but quite fit guide. He first warmed our hearts by having us walk a labyrinth, and then we were off, silently trailing him through the forest path. Several times he'd stop along the way, offering us a, a meditation as he helped us to notice the nobility of the fern and the rock. Did you see Christ in the little waterfalls and in the shepherding trees? You know, I had lived 57 years at that point and had never examined the feelings of being lost or foreign in a forest, though I had experienced that. And yet, Father Michael, he was suggesting that when I feel lost in the forest, just to look around and recognize that the birds, they know every bent and lift of the tree's branches. And so if I would but stand still, that the trees would find me. A lesson in companionship, in the mystery, and the way that nature befriends us in ways that I had never glimpsed before. You know, but lucky for us, we don't have to go all the way to Ireland to saturate our soul in the healing balm of God's good creation. In 15 minutes, we are at the beach. The pelicans, they've been escorting us all across the bridge. Our feet are greeted with warm sugar sands. Our eyes delight to the seagrass and the wrens moving in and out of the emerald tide, foaming on our feet. Heck, we've got dolphins and dancing squirrels, hummingbirds and sea turtles, longleaf pine, cumulus clouds, red snappers and heron. And right out in our backyard, we get to, to look out at the red in the sky and the clouds at night. Some of you have a dog by your side, and in the dark you can see the Big Dipper pointing us home. And then there's that serenade of a 
Circuta Choir. Oh, for the eyes to see and cherish God's ongoing creation, His delight. And so I'd like to close us out in prayer. Oh, gracious God, gladden our hearts with the presence of your kinship. We ask not only for the senses to perceive you manifested alive all around us, but on this day, may we put on Christ, loving our neighbor of every species, allowing the beauty and wounds of our planet to mark and transform us bit by bit into your image. May we choose to walk the earth lightly, using only what we need and passing along the wonders entrusted to us, to our children and to theirs. We ask this for your tender mercy's sake. Amen. And oh yeah, God, thank you for our trees.